0: If you're looking to connect with others and find some helpful ideas and resources for your time at home, Participate has you covered. Each week, a Learning at Home menu is created and packed with fun themes, live events, and lots of free resources. To explore the Learning at Home community and connect with more than 600 educators, parents, and other caregivers, visit participate.com
1: slash oneducation. I believe in freedom, and America stands for freedom, and yeehaw. Let's go. Welcome to On Education, part of the On Podcast Media Network. My name is Mike Washburn.
0: And I'm Glenn Irvin. Friends, we have an awesome pod for you today. We will discuss how we can best celebrate graduation safely Debate whether we should be calling educators rock stars. Shout out our amazing moms and wives. And our guest this week is Adobe's head of global education programs, Tacy Trowbridge.
1: Mother's Day yesterday,
0: it was. But we can't yeah, actually they... see our moms. Well, I don't know if you can. If you guys are able to go ahead and you can't. You had talked no. about that before too. We, so you guys. I, are still... I called.
1: I called mine. Yeah, that's what I did too. Hi. Yeah. <laughs>
0: So yeah, my parents actually didn't get to go out anywhere and it's really sad and I think that the generation that is older than us, they really have a hard time making true connections like you know, we get onto things. I know on Friday evenings there's a bunch of different groups uh for example having a, you know, a happy hour. Uh there's coffee EDU in the mornings uh, sure, using yeah. a Zoom or whatever it might be. But I don't think that you know, and I don't want to you know, basically say that all people that are older than me, but specifically my parents who are in their 70s, mm. they have cell phones and whatever it might be. But it's not like when they call me, they don't FaceTime me, for example. It's just a good way of of being able to describe the difference. They're not FaceTiming me. They're just actually literally calling me like you would traditionally. You're talking on mm-hmm, the phone. Mm-hmm. Um, the text messages between You know, my parents and I are super shorts and they're not really, you know, long, drawn out types of things. I just think it's just because they're not comfortable with that type of medium, media uh, to be able to uh, exchange ideas. And then now they're stuck at home and just feel bad for them. I feel bad for my mom um, as far as being able to, you know, just get out there and connect with people because that's what she does. So. Hopefully she's doing great. I know I talked to her, but yeah, kind of. I I do feel bad, uh, and I could definitely tell that she was sad. As far as you know,
1: Not it's being Mother's able to Day, but it's like yeah. mm, I'm stuck at home. It sucks. Yeah. and and a lot of the generations older than us, or even our generation. I mean, to be honest, actually, probably my our our kids' generation is the first generation that I can think of that will consider like online interactions to be equally as meaningful kind of interactions as you know face-to-face potentially in some cases and uh they just don't it's invalidated like it doesn't you know it's i just talk to you on the internet now i don't and and it's like uh not as meaningful to them and and in some cases it's not meaningful to us either but it's still they it doesn't count to my mom that i called her (laughs) it's like when 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 i you know, but we can't, we can't do anything about it. This is kind of just the way it is right now. Um, one of the, um, you know, so we, we celebrated, we did what we could. I, I made, I tried to make a good meal and, um, yeah, I got her, got her a a gift and, um, you know, let her, let her relax and have a day and, um, you know, tried to take as much of the pressure off as I possibly could. And it was good. It was, I, I thought I had a, we had a good day, I think. So you know, we watched a movie together, which is fun. We actually and I, I I'm gonna get hate for sure for this, but we had never we hadn't watched the last Star Wars yet. Hmm. So the last Skywalker. Yeah, how uh, was that? It was very I enjoyed it. I thought I think all the new the three new ones are very good. Uh I enjoyed them. There's some weird stuff, but have you seen it? I have not. Okay. Nope. So, so there's, I know, but, but it was good. I enjoyed it a lot. Yeah. Um, w- one of the other things that we're doing, I don't know if you do this very much, like with everybody, but one of the things that we've been doing is Cheryl, Cheryl's, um, Cheryl's been learning Minecraft. Really? Um Yeah. <laughs> I, yeah. She's been. That's awesome. Doing, uh, PD stuff. She was actually in, um, so Steve Isaacs and, and Kathy Chow Isaacs are doing, um, uh, Pd with a through a Canadian company um, called uh, Fair Chance Learning that that are very good, um, and she's uh, in those online sessions. So she's doing PD with Steve Isaacs. Who would have thought, right? That's awesome. <laughs> Great um, person
0: to be able to do PD with him hey, for man. sure.
1: And and Steve's just tickled that you know, my wife is in the PSPD sessions. It's pretty funny. Um, so, so she's been learning how to play Minecraft. And one of the things that that has, um, spawned is family minecrafting. So now it's me on my computer in my office, Isaac in his room on his computer. Uh, Jacob has Isaac's old computer, in the kitchen because that's yeah. that's where the little boy's computer goes he doesn't use it very often but he can play minecraft for sure and cheryl on the laptop in the kitchen as well and all four of us in a um you know hosted like so i i start a world in minecraft education edition and host it and then all four of us join in and we yeah we're playing we're we're literally nice. playing a minecraft survival world together uh and yeah jacob's obnoxious and as a four-year-old probably would be, uh, but it's it's been a lot of fun.
0: Oh, that's fantastic! That's a that's definitely a new development there. Get the whole entire family doing the the Minecrafting. Yeah, it's usually that's only right. the guys for us. My wife is yeah. not too much of a gamer, so
1: yeah, it's been fun. Yeah, it's, that's fantastic. It's been fun. It, 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 I I would uh, I wouldn't be surprised, audience, if you saw a YouTube channel pop-up of us four playing Minecraft together because Mm. um, it might be moderately entertaining uh, and fun, a fun creative outlet, you know. So we'll see. We'll see what happens, but it's been fun. Um, We've been doing a lot of stuff. We've been busy. Uh, So the chat on education, you weren't on it last week. You took a little... Everyone deserves a Friday night off every once in a while, they're so... (laughs) Uh, but we had a really good uh, chat on education live. It's on Twitch on at eight o'clock um, every Friday night. So if you're you know you're not doing anything, you're not going anywhere. Um, feel free to join us, Twitch.tv/slash inside participate. Um, and there's usually five or six of us. Actually, it's been six every night so far. This is our third week, um, and a lot of viewers like like we get. 20 25 people sometimes watching this so it's pretty fun uh and 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 entertaining i think we it's a little more low-key uh there might be wine involved um and uh yeah it's on youtube if you miss it but it's been it's been a lot of fun um and the guests uh i i've just spent a whole bunch of time booking people booking the guests awesome guests Awesome guests. Yeah. Should I tell should I tell the audience, Glenn? Yes. About the awesome guests? Might as, might as well let them know like what's coming up. So um we got Matt Miller coming up soon, a couple weeks. New book just came out. Very exciting. Uh Dr. Adam File just got his PhD. Pretty exciting. Adam File is a good dude, and I'm super excited to have him on the podcast. We tried to have him on We Were in Miami um uh, and and i tried to hook up with him after miami to to get it together but we weren't able to make it work but we're making it work now nice uh, so he's booked jennifer casatod uh friend of the pod is coming on who else michael hernandez coming up noah daniel who it, it's funny i i sent her a message uh and we were talking because we we've both brought up the p3 podcast uh, yes. Multiple times as as a as a fun podcast to do. So we're uh we're having Noah on our podcast, which should be that'll great. be super fun. Yeah. yeah, I'm I'm really excited to turn the tables. Uh Jake Miller. Um really cool. Jake Miller's dude. huge. Jake Miller is huge. That's yeah. uh I actually want to talk to him about
0: his journey because Noah Geisel described Uh, Jake Miller as a person that he was always following when he only had a couple of thousand followers and he was doing amazing things. Hmm. And Noah was intentionally trying to get people, you know, basically to go, Hey, check out what this guy is doing. Um, So I'd like to actually hear about his journey. That's That'll be awesome. He is, he is definitely uh, someone that's, I totally think comes up with some amazing ideas for educators in the ed tech space.
1: So there we go. And Micah Shippey, Ready Learner One, uh, at the end of August. So I think, not to not to lead that a little bit, but I know that there's a book coming out hmm. uh, sometime around then because I'm involved in it. So uh, hopefully, <laughs> yeah. so hopefully it's out by then. That would be exciting. Uh, the other exciting news related to us is that uh, probably by the time you're listening to this or maybe the day you're listening to this we'll have maybe passed they will be the one <laughs> maybe this will be the one maybe you will be the one mm-hmm. that gets us over 100,000 lifetime downloads 100,000 downloads Glenn that's insane 100,000 that's a, a number. crazy number next
0: of 1 million
1: <laughs> yeah when what what is the number that we announce next like i don't think you just like you know half 50, a million was a big deal. we we were pretty excited about 50 yeah and so this is 100 i think maybe 250 nah half a million half a million <laughs> all right so we won't you won't hear anything from us about numbers until we get to half a million now uh, so million. we'll see you in uh we'll we'll talk to you about that in a couple of months when when we get
0: there oh dang <laughs> we're
1: gonna explode <laughs> 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 so oh that's funny you know you put this on here but i've been thinking about it a lot um mm-hmm. i and i've i think i've said it i said it actually i said it on uh the chat on education live i i used to love grocery shopping okay love it yeah and now i hate it
0: <laughs> well who can blame you um the reason why i wrote this is friend of the podcast who's never been on the podcast who should definitely be on as a guest, Corey Graham. Mm-hmm. Um, posted in a couple of different places. Actually, she's just been sharing her thoughts on just the cultural differences from where she actually lives now, which if you want to know, you can go look at her Twitter site and Facebook or whatever it might be. I don't want me to say this to where she lived previously, which was Minnesota. So uh, she lives now in the South, I would consider it Southeast uh, United States. Um, and and part of that move has resulted in and this being a pandemic and in the way that people are treating the seriousness of the virus, let's just mm. call it that, is very different in different parts of the United States. Yes. The United States is just – it's crazy how – Say it. <laughs> it's crazy how different we actually are in so many different places. I mean I'm talking about from state to state – Um, there are definitely some, from region to region, my goodness, it's crazy. Um, that sometimes I I think it's insane that we're, that we're just one country, which is kind of cool that we're unified in that way, but yet we're so freaking different than each other. One of the differences is this specific cases, Corey's describing different things that are going on. And one of them was grocery shopping. And how she feels like she's a crazy woman because she wears a mask. And no one else is doing it. But now she finally felt like she was not a, a, like she didn't feel singled out. Because she went to Costco where they have a policy where everyone, employees and customers, must wear a mask. Mm -hmm. In order to enter the store. So then that made me think, because Nicole and I, my wife and I, we haven't gone out to go do anything. We are we are trying to avoid all human contact on the outside. Right. We're trying to avoid getting sick. So we are talk about self isolate. We've been self isolating hardcore, mm-hmm. and we haven't gone to the grocery stores where, like you just said, where it's not enjoyable. It's very stressful. Sorry, can I and just there's clarify, a lot how of how are people, you getting food? There's a lot of people. We get it delivered. Okay. Uh, uh, there's a lot of people. Or that we did a couple of times the drive up, the drive up where you drive up and you park and and then they, they put it in the the back of your vehicle. Yep. Um, but anyway, there's a lot of people in the regular grocery stores. I'm just going to call them that, that are not wearing masks. I don't know why they're not, but they're not. And it's highly stressful at Costco. We went today and it was the most enjoyable experience (laughs) For frigging going grocery shopping (laughs) ever, because number one, you go and you're walking in and every, and there's people at the door making sure that everyone is, that has a mask, but not only that they're not doing it in this kind of militant kind of way. It's very, it's super awesome customer service. They're like, Hey, you know, thank you so much for coming today. Blah, blah, blah. Just on, they even let us know we've sanitized all of the carts. We continue to go ahead and do that as we're, as we're putting cycling them back out through. Right. Thank you so much for visiting today. And they've just made the store where it feels like you can actually have the six feet of distance between yourself and anybody else. You don't feel like you're a freak because you're wearing a mask. <laughs> Everyone's doing it and you're like, it's part of the culture that they've actually uh, built up there and it's part of the safety it's and and I I'm so happy that she shared that and that my wife and I were like well let's just go let's go see what happens you know and we came out we're like super happy about it uh, about the experience there about being able to go hey we can go back there now and we can go pick up our supplies we don't have to like order ahead so much time and so on and so forth so it's it It's super important, It's and it's so different, I'm telling you, Mike, right now. And I don't know where – I know a lot of our listeners are in Minnesota, Um, but I think even in different parts of Minnesota, probably uh, rural versus urban and, and, and different regions as far as even within our state, I don't know how many people are out there and they are out there going out to grocery stores and so on and so forth and not wearing the masks, you know? Mm-hmm. And how people are feeling about that, you know, like as far as the listeners right now, how are you feeling about that situation? And I I, I swear, I think people have now just kind of gone, eh, I'll take the risk. <laughs> I swear, that's kind of like the the, the general so sense, crazy. like the <laughs> sense that I'm getting from people is like, right. eh, let's just take the risk and let's just move forward. Um, which is just so freaky and crazy, and and I think it this has that attitude has huge implications on the decisions that are going to be made for next fall in our schools. That's the reason. That's the big connection between my grocery store and the schools is is will we be like Costco, or will we be like just the typical you know especially here in Minnesota, like uh, for example Walmart. They don't have any of the guidelines, uh, any of those types of things, and it's kind of like all. Uh, person for themselves. And, and a lot of people are just going without, you know, protection, you know, and, and I think it's completely hundred percent. is going to depend upon the leadership of the, within the schools and the culture of those communities, which is psycho. It shouldn't depend upon that. <laughs> it should totally just be like, we're going to do the, we're going to protect our kids and ourselves and do the best that we can. Um,
1: right. So, that's my Costco story. Sorry, I went off there. No, it's fine. Um, Costco has consistently been the best experience for us, too. Good. They actually um, removed checkout lanes mm. at our Costco. So they, they basically took out every other checkout lane yes. so that there was more space between them. Uh, It kind of threw me off a little bit because our Costco, I don't know about others, but our our Costco is incredibly busy, like, almost all the time, Mm. normally. Um, uh, Always, like, Saturday or Sunday, parking lot is just absolutely full the whole day. Um, And so they've done a really good job, I found. Um, I wear a mask everywhere. So I have one. I just keep it in my pocket. Kind of, it's a cloth mask. Mm-hmm. Um, and I just keep it in my pocket. And then I, uh, I, the only places, so I, I'm the one who goes out. So I'm the assigned go-outer, uh, in the family. Uh, and, and, but really the truth is the only places I go are to the grocery store and to Costco. Um, uh, so we, we, um, but they're different; they're entirely different. At at the grocery store, hardly anyone's wearing a mask. Mm. Um, I I also think, like I don't want to get too political about it, even though I think I I think I do think of it politically. Um, but I don't think there's a coincidence that you know, even in the Barry area, which is a pretty, um it's like a little conservative bastion in the heart of liberal Ontario. <laughs> um, you know, I think that there's something to that a little bit. And there, I mean, I think it's been written about enough in the States that, you know, a lot of these U S States that are, um, Republican leaning are, are the ones that are struggling with it the most in terms of their masks and rules and laws and, you know, impeding on people's freedoms or whatever the hell it is when you're trying to keep people from not dying is doing. Um, as far as the people wearing the mat, like not wearing masks goes, I don't. I I don't think I've gotten upset about it. I think I tend to get upset over like the cognitive dissonance of people. Like like I've I've brought it up a couple times. The dude in the grocery store wearing like gloves and a mask and like. You know, basically wearing a gas mask and, like, got his hood up over his face and stuff. And then he goes and he, like, touches every piece of food in the damn grocery store. And it's like, you know, you just don't... You know, I don't know how you're, like, squaring that. (laughs) (laughs) I'm just... I I don't even know how to explain (laughs) the cognitive dissonance of that. Um and and so that that type of experience is frustrating. And mm-hmm. just, like, the basic rules that the stores have put in place that are just there for common, like, health and safety and decency, like, mm-hmm. the lanes going one way sure. in the grocery store and, you know, the separation between people, like, in a line. And it's like, just, just please respect these things. Respect each other. Mm-hmm. And you know that you know i don't want to get you sick to be honest i don't want to get you sick just as much as i don't want you to get me sick yeah it's you know we got to be all in this together that is the important thing is you know that we're working together on this and uh there are so many people that just don't care about working together and just care about you know (laughs) I, I, i need that thing that I always wanted, yep. and, you know, I believe in freedom, and America stands for freedom, and yeehaw, let's go. Yeah, I know, I mean, and I right.
0: I don't know if it's, yeah, I totally agree with you on that people feel like their rights are being infringed upon, because there's obviously this giant thing about Costco, you know, there's a, a strike, we're not going to go there, we're going to cool. stop going, whatever might be, and that's totally fine,
1: Yeah, keeping Um, us healthier
0: it's just a strange thing to be fighting and battling about we're like trying to make sure that we are like you just said keeping each other safe but in this case they're taking it as we are infringing upon your rights to do whatever the hell you want to go ahead and do and that's like really (laughs) it just just doesn't make sense but that's so much the United States. That's just the, there's so much of that, you know, back and forth that maybe a lot of the things that we say does doesn't make sense to a lot of people. And I'm sure it doesn't, actually. I, I know it doesn't. So um <laughs> <laughs> these crazy it, times. Yes. Crazy, crazy.
1: Um when this is out, I promise, I promise I will hit publish on uh a blog post um that is coming out. So if you've been keeping score at home, we've added three new team members. We've added Audrey Thornborough. Very cool. We added Kelly Coons. And making her debut this week with a blog post is Diana Myers-McGee. Very exciting. Diana isn't going to do, like, the summary posts and, and, and stuff like that, like... Um, Kelly and Audrey are going to do. I've, I've asked Diana to be kind of an editorial writer. Uh, so she's just going to write. Um, Diana is very smart, very talented, very, very years, decades of experience. Mm -hmm. I hate giving away her age like that, but she's retiring. Um... And she said to me, she's looking for a creative outlet. And and I basically said, yeah, I mean, it was a no-brainer to bring her on. She's um, acclaimed and super well-regarded. And uh, as the uh, technology head of a large district, uh, tons of years, decades, like I said, of experience uh, that I think that Everyone will be, uh, you know, um, fortunate to be able to to read some of her wisdom on the on education blog, and she wrote a good one for us. Her debut, uh, and and I think it's interesting because it's 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 a bit of a play on words. So the title is with all due respect, don't call me a rock star, and and she, she harkens back to the the seventies when when being a rock star may not have necessarily been a good thing. Um, (laughs) certainly not something that you would want you know to model uh for kids as an example um but it turns into a really good article on leadership the part that i thought was really
0: interesting about this entire thing obviously the play on words with the rock star but really talking about connecting it to how do we actually become true rock stars as Administrators, like what are the things that we need in order to do our jobs successfully? and she really does a great job of breaking down some key things that she believes that in that an administrator or an administrator or any kind of leadership uh, needs to uh, it needs to become part of who they actually are um, so the first one there, Mike, she has forego judgment. And I mean that's a powerful statement there, and, as, and she and, and she definitely is uh, quoting Walt Whitman and and talking about basically how easy it is to go ahead and, <laughs> and be judgy about a million different things in education, but how important it is to forego that, right?
1: Yeah, and then treat employees equally and with respect seems to make. A lot of sense. I mean that that feels. It's it's funny that these things even need to be written, but you know, um, we've seen so many examples of 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 administrators during this crisis that that are definitely not doing some of these uh, things, and and so that's been uh, frustrating, uh, and and it makes an article like this paramount in terms of importance she writes on
0: there too that we need to ensure that we acknowledge everyone and that made me actually think we have done things in my specifically in my school uh, myself and my colleague where we do call out certain people for doing amazing things and it's kind of made me rethink about whether or not that's a that, that's a positive <laughs> it's kind of like When you acknowledge that specific kid in your class or those specific kids in your class and you're not actually acknowledging the group itself Mm. and how that can create some uh, like a basically a bad culture as far as in your class where you have kind of like the group that you're praising, but then the other kids who you're not really acknowledging their um, contributions that she put here where they actually might not be as obvious 'Cause a lot of times people that get recognized as a rock star, we have to know this too, is the people with the loudest voice. Like the people that's that are that just speak up, that mm-hmm. are that are willing to go ahead and and speak up at a staff meeting or lead a group um spontaneously or intentionally for whatever else it might be. Or go to conference and deliver, you know, a presentation. And it's interesting. I, I like that she says we need it kind of take a step back and, and really see what are the contributions that our entire team are delivering and make sure that we acknowledge everyone. Otherwise, you're abandoning
1: and you're leaving some people behind. Totally. So we'll want to make sure that you read this. We're going to publish it, get it out to you in the next couple of days. Uh, and and I think you're going to love it. And And I'm so excited to have her join us and to keep writing. So you should see something from her about once a month. Uh, and um, and it's going to be great. When we come back, we're going to be talking to Adobe's Tacey Trowbridge. So stay with us.
0: GoGuardian helps thousands of K-12 school districts maximize the learning potential of over 8 million students. GoGuardian's products enable productive and safe digital learning by helping educators identify learning patterns, protect students from harmful and distracting content, and support mental health. To support schools during their distance learning transition, GoGuardian is offering free access to their entire product suite until the end of the school year. To learn more about GoGuardian and download their free resources about distance learning, visit their distance learning resource center at goguardian.com slash distance
1: learning. All right. Welcome back to the podcast, everyone. Tacey Trowbridge leads Adobe's global education programs and the Adobe Education Exchange, where almost a half a million educators go to find and share resources and ideas and be inspired by other great educators. Her career in education began, like many do, in the classroom where she was a teacher and a technology lead in the Bay Area. Welcome to the podcast, Tacey.
2: Thanks so much. I'm thrilled to be here.
0: Tacey, we'd love for you to share a bit about your background and history and what brings you to us
2: today. Well, I started my career actually teaching swimming. That's what convinced me that this mm. is where I wanted to be. So it sounds like a strange place to start. But I, what I, in the summers in high school, I was teaching students to swim and I loved watching them gain new skills, gain confidence and be able to do things they couldn't do. Um, what that did for me was light a fire of just passion around teaching and learning and real excitement around watching someone gain new skills and do things they didn't think they could do. Um, I then spent some time as a middle school teacher. I taught English and history, and I loved the opportunity to help students develop their confidence uh, and to gain more flexibility with language. As I'd been teaching for a number of years, the tech coordinator in my school dragged me to a conference one weekend that was about digital storytelling. And I took back to my classroom some of what I learned there where I brought in new opportunities for my students to communicate in different ways. And I realized that while teaching the five paragraph essay is a great way to organize your thoughts, writing is a really important skill, it wasn't where communication was going. And as a professional, I I don't think I've ever convinced anyone of anything with five paragraph essay, Uh, (laughs) although I learned some valuable skills from that. But the other thing I noticed as I brought digital video back into my classroom and that kind of storytelling was that the students who were great writers weren't necessarily great visual communicators. And the students who struggled with writing often found new possibilities as they began to communicate visually and to tell stories. And so it, it, what struck me was the importance of all students having skills that would allow them to be successful in a world that was going to be increasingly visu- visual, increasingly digital.
1: So everyone, everyone loves, Oh, first off, I should I should mention my wife also taught swimming uh, and all through high school as well. And uh, and so I thought that was a weird, interesting connection. Um, Everyone loves a, a good origin story. And anyone who's listened to any bit of the podcast over the last couple of years uh, knows a bit of mine. And there's a weird Adobe connection, not a weird one, a cool Adobe connection to it. Um, Tanya Averith is one of my heroes. Um uh Tanya I wouldn't be doing this if it wasn't for Tanya and she knows that we've had many talks about it and um you know I I am you know I love that you know I consider her a friend now like we we hang out and and stuff and so that's fantastic but she was very very influential in me uh building up my career um when i was teaching in the classroom and she was a big advocate for me and um it it got me thinking about and and we also really love working with clara in the times that we've 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 worked with her and you know so it me it got me thinking about your team, and um, it's actually a lot like the participate team. Interestingly enough, how education uh, is at the core of your team in, in the sense that like you're an educator, and Clara was, and 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 Tanya is, and and like your whole team is is educators. It's at the core of your of your group, and you've been with Adobe for quite a while, like nine, I guess nine years now. And I'm thinking about like the team and what you've done in not like nine years ago, I wouldn't have listed almost a single Adobe product as like a must-have tool in like K to eight or K to 12 education. I really wouldn't. But now, you know, when we go through a list of K to eight K to 12 tools that you would have to have, I mean, there's so many. So I, I'd love for you to talk a bit about your team been about the last 9 years like where you know you've done like so much like if you had to write a a a story of like companies that have really brought it in the last 9 or 10 years uh adobe in education would have to be near the top of the list
2: well thank you i'm really glad to hear that that's exciting um i think that i have worked really consciously to build a team of educators and that is Um, We're an unusual group at Adobe, and as we think about where Adobe's going and engaging with future creators, this is a critically important team, and we need to have a voice to lean on the great giant ship of Adobe (laughs) and ship Mm. direction in a way to engage the next generation, and one critical way to do that is through educators. So I think of my team as folks who speak education as their first language. Uh, Then we also speak technology, we speak design, um, and are, but those are second languages. And so some of what we're trying to do is bring the important voice, the understanding that of being rooted in the classroom and that experience, um, of being able to convey that to a technology company that's designing tools. And then also to be able to think about learning design and the best ways in which we can help educators and students be inspired and empowered to tell their own stories, to gain the critical skills and knowledge that they need. I would say that some of what's helped us over the last nine years is also what's happened in the landscape. Um, When I started as a technology coordinator, um, students came to the lab and I worked mostly with teachers to help them figure out how to integrate technology into curriculum. But the lab was where everything lived. I had the expertise and knowledge. I had the tools. People could come into my space. It is completely 100% the opposite now that students come in with all of the tools that they need even just on their smartphone. They come in with experience and with interest outside of the classroom. And so the role of educators has really shifted. So I wish I could take credit for this, but I really can't. (laughs) This Mm -hmm. is partly about just the nature of communication, the kinds of tools that we all have at our fingertips, the understanding of the power of media and of digital video as a way to help communicate who we are, to change minds, to get ideas across. And so I think that's really the critical shift. I will say the other thing that my team does, and Clara is a fabulous example of this, she's deeply connected to other educators. The further you get from the classroom, the harder it is to remember (laughs) what it was like. Mm -hmm. And so some of what we do is listen really carefully to the 800,000 educators on the exchange, to the leadership communities, to understand what circumstances look like, and particularly today, as we face really unprecedented times, understanding who our audience is, the kinds of things that they need, and the ways in which we can help them has been critical.
0: So, Tacy, I'm an instructional coach, and we're always looking for tools to put in the hands of our students that will help them to express their ideas through creation. But we're looking for tools without a big learning curve to allow the focus to be on the learning and the content of of the content area and not on the learning of a specific tool. Mm. Um, One of the tools that Mike and I have raved about on the podcast is Adobe Spark, um, which if uh, an educator's out there listening and you haven't tried this tool out with your students, you should do this immediately. It is simple to use, but it allows students to create professional products um, is the simplicity behind these tools intentional i am imagining so and i'd like to hear more about kind of when you guys are even your product team or or just you guys when you're having these conversations putting these tools specifically into the hands of kids what's the thought process behind that
2: absolutely i think that's such a the spark tools are such a great example the the um When this started just as the seed of an idea, the engineer who was leading this project, his wife, was a teacher. (laughs) So he talked a lot to her about use cases, understanding what, how things would work in the classrooms. And while things have evolved tremendously since then, the core principle about designing a tool that is easy to use, that's web-based, where the technology barrier, the design barriers are... Um, are low, so it's easy to create something beautiful and it lets you stay focused on what you're trying to communicate. That's absolutely the intent behind Spark and the set of tools that we want to make it easy to stay focused on your story. That's the hardest part. The technology is easy to get distracted by, but the most important thing is the content that you're creating, the story that you're telling. And so creating a tool that is web-based, where you don't, all you need to do is know how to click a plus button is a really critical strategy and um, directly designed to empower students who are as young as my son in, in second grade. He started using Spark in kindergarten to be able to use a tool that can create things that are beautiful and powerful.
1: And this is the way we want students to demonstrate their learning, too, right? Like it's, uh... You know, especially in the the time that we're going through right now, where where there's a lot of transition, uh, a lot of shifts in mindset in terms of grading. Um, you know, standardized tests have been thrown out the window. Um, you know, completely um, building up. Your what you've learned in terms of demonstrating that stuff though hasn't hasn't gone away and shouldn't go away. We just need to find more creative ways to do it. So talk a little bit about how Adobe, uh, you know, and and how it's being used in the classroom to build. You know, we can call them portfolios or call them, um, you know, other other ways to demonstrate what you've learned than just the mark that's on the on the sheet of paper that goes home. That isn't gonna happen in some places this year
2: absolutely and I think we've got a really interesting opportunity as educators to rethink assessment and the ways in which we can help students demonstrate what they know and can do their competencies their uh, their ability to reach particular standards um, that lots of the ways in which we've done that have gone out the window absolutely that schools mm-hmm. are making decisions about grading based on equity and who has they don't want to grade, Privilege and essentially the students who have access to devices, who have access to the internet, who have quiet spaces to work, are the students who are going to do well. That's not the point for anyone, and I think that poses a real challenge for us to figure out how do we do assessment. I'm hopeful that one of the things that lasts beyond this um, the current situation that they're that we're in is really a deep focus on what are the right ways to assess student learning. And as i look at the possibilities around portfolio i think there's some really exciting there are exciting ways in which students can use portfolios to show who they are what they know and can do to show their growth and change over time to tell a story about where they want to go Um, there are interesting opportunities as the college admission process shifts for next year where they won't be relying on standardized testing where a transcript is harder to evaluate when some districts are grading, some districts have shifted to pass fail. Mm -hmm. uh, Some districts are just basing your grade on the first work that you did in this, in this uh, particular time period. So I think the, the push for students to really think about what do they know and can do and how do they demonstrate that um, gives them both the flexibility to bring in things that they're doing within their classrooms, within their schoolwork and their online learning, but also to bring in their experiences now. Some of them are working, some of them may be taking care of family in different kinds of ways. And the things that they're learning as they are communicating with the broader community are really critically important. And so I think we've got an exciting opportunity right now to rethink assessment, to incorporate ideas around portfolio. We already know that, that colleges, that employers look at people's so, social media profiles, to be Mm -hmm. intentional about the story that you're telling and to curate that so that you are communicating what's important about you and whether that's the arc of your growth or it's where you've ended up. uh, I think they're just great possibilities for students right now.
0: So during COVID-19 and now distance learning, many of our educators are just basically reaching out and trying to find resources and trying to find Great ideas, not just okay ideas, great ideas about how to go ahead and connect with their students and, and really make the learning meaningful. How is Adobe supporting educators during this crisis?
2: One of the things we did very quickly was start to pull together dig- distance learning resources and they, we pulled from a variety of different places. We looked at the best practices that we had already on the Education Exchange, uh, which is Adobe's free platform for educators. We pulled together resources for people who were just getting started. And we're lucky in that so many of the educators we work with are digital media experts and are great at communicating through the kinds of media that, that everybody is relying on today. So we looked for best practices. We worked with folks like Tanya to make sure that we could highlight the work she's been doing and and give her a microphone to be able to talk. I was share watching the lo- some of the live educators.
1: streams. I've been watching a couple of them.
2: They've been great and I think we've <laughs> seen some great educators participating. We've also uh, worked on creating resources with Khan Academy that it, we call Khan Plus Create that essentially takes some of those resources that are student facing and add a place where you can create something or make something in response to those. So part of what we've been trying to do is look at the ways in which we can help educators who are having to transition incredibly quickly. And I think the first few weeks, everyone was focused on the right things. At least that's what came across to me. They were focused on connection. How do Mm -hmm. we maintain some consistent communication with students? How do we ensure that all students have access? And I think where we're heading is also really interesting, whereas we move beyond the crisis into how do we really ensure that learning happens well. Then we're asking different questions. What are the kinds of skills that we're teaching? What are the kinds of opportunities that students have to learn new things that's not about covering content, but that's really developing the critical competencies that we'll need as we face a tremendous amount of change?
1: So, Tacey, we... um we generally ask this question near the end of the interview. We don't give anyone a heads up on it because it's fun and uh, and so we're asking you this question too um, and, and and to be honest to be fair, every answer is great, so don't be worried about it at all. Uh, love to know what three pieces of media, think of three things, three books, three videos, anything that has inspired you, something that um, you consumed as you were growing and learning, any any three pieces of media that taught you something that uh, you it's maybe a book you reread all the time or uh, anything, any, any pieces of media that we can share with the audience that they can go and listen to or read as well uh, as they continue uh, learning too.
2: Well, I think um, one of the things I'm going to reference is um, <laughs> is the assemblies that my son's school have been putting on during COVID-19. Um, so one of the things they've done is have the, they perform a song, and the teachers all sang uh, "Stand By Me" to the students. I, I can't uh, send you to look at this because of privacy concerns, sure. but there's something that's really powerful to me about um, people coming together to. Um, do something that's kind, that's bigger than themselves, that's conveying the story of who they are. My son loves to watch it with me because it makes me cry every Mm -hmm. single time which he thinks Mm -hmm. is hysterical. But honestly, it's the it's watching these teachers and their commitment to the students. They're um, reaching out through music, uh, through video to make sure that students don't feel alone, that they get to see their teachers with their dogs in their backyards or tucked away in a corner of their house. But there's something personal about that there's something universal. So that that's not a great one to answer your question. It's a good but it's, answer. <laughs> it's the one it's that really answer. stands out to me right now. Um, and then I, I've been thinking a lot about uh, Station Eleven. I don't know if you've read that book, but it is um, kind of an end of the world book about um, Oh, boy about uh, an epidemic, essentially, that wipes out huge percentages of the population and what survives and how people as humans come together. So the, the thread for me is this, like what's the point of connection? How do we mm. figure out how to learn from each other, how to recreate meaning, how to stay engaged with other people, how to be kind in really challenging and trying circumstances? Um, and so that's one I've read a number of times. And then the other one, and, uh, I I, since I taught middle school, I love young adult fiction. (laughs) So I'm going to talk about um, a book by Karen Hess uh, that, of course, the title is escaping me right now. But maybe I'll talk about Out of the Dust, which is a book she wrote about the Dust Bowl, which is in verse. Uh, It sounds like such a strange um, middle school book, but it's really a beautiful story about a family and it's told so poetically in language that's really powerful and evocative. Um, so I've, I've picked a, just a book, two books and one piece of media that's <laughs> to, great. De- to that's describe the, some of the things that are, that I come back to that really matter to me.
0: Tacey, where can people connect with you if they want to be able to ask you questions and
1: follow up with anything? Where's the best sure. place?
2: Maybe the easiest way is on Twitter. I'm um, at Tacey Trow, T-A-C-Y-T-R-O-W.
1: Tacey, thanks so much for joining us. This was great.
2: My pleasure. Thanks for the opportunity. I really appreciate the work that you all do.
0: Thanks for listening to On Education. My name is Glenn Irvin. My co-host is Mike Washburn. On Education is part of the On Podcast Media Network. You can listen to this show and many others by great educators like Monica Burns, Mike Matera, Tisha Richmond, and many more by visiting onpodcastmedia.com. Want to get in touch with us? Check out our website at oneducationpodcast.com. You can tweet us at oneducationpod. Mike is at Mr. Washburn on Twitter, and I can be found on Twitter at Irv Spanish. You can find us on Facebook by visiting facebook.com slash oneducationpod. We're also on Instagram at oneducationpod. Want to support On Education? Visit our Patreon site at patreon.com slash oneducation there you can get access to full videos of the podcast and so much more if you're enjoying the show and think others would too we would be thrilled if you shared it with them please leave us a rating or a review in apple podcast or the google play store when you leave a rating it gives our rankings a boost it helps others discover the show we want to thank our presenting sponsor participate for supporting us check out participate.com to learn more about them thanks as always for listening stay awesome and see you soon